15th chapter is about liberation and renunciation and it's lovely that he brings these two words together because that's what freedom is to be able to not be bound by anything but we've got this idea somewhere in our minds that you know we'll we'll find that freedom and we'll get to just take it all with us <laughs> i'll take my harmonium with me also i'll take my guitar with me i'll take narayani with me also i'll take my business with me i want to take all my money with me i'll take all the people i'm attached to you know i want freedom but and then i want everything all these things and it doesn't mean that our freedom excludes these things but in order to be free to rise you know we we can't be weighed down and the weight is not of physical things it's not that narayani and my relationship weighs us down it is the kind of bondage we may have created may have created i hope we've not created too much of it and that's what renunciation is in order to achieve anything in fact we have to renounce the other we renounce sleep in order to wake up we renounce rest in order to work and every decision is a choice to renounce the other we renounce the left in order to go right and so on and so forth so when we're talking about freedom we're really talking about renunciation as very much a part of that process of course here renunciation is ego transcendence to be able to go beyond to be able to eventually renounce the hold of the limited identity that we're very much attached to and so i think krishna i hope he's going to give us the right secrets the right tips the right tools to be able to do that arjuna begins with the first verse arjuna said i desire o mighty armed krishna slayer of keshi and here swami ji writes the demon of ignorance is who keshi was so essentially he who has wisdom for having slayed ignorance I desire to know the true meaning of sanyas and also of tyag and the distinction between the two. Now, mm. it's an interesting question, yeah. isn't it? I wouldn't have thought of <laughs> this particular qu- the other questions were like okay, you know, I can g- totally agree with Arjuna, but here he wants to know the difference between sanyas and tyag. And of course, Krishna will give us the particular differences and what they mean, but even just from the perspective of sanyas, as san means complete like sanjay complete victory sanyas complete renunciation completely niyas means uh, kind of like to throw away you know just completely letting go of absolutely everything and from this perspective as krishna will explain it he talks about that ability to renounce all action even where the soul you know when we take that final stage of what we in the indian tradition would call he's taken sanyas which means all action or at least as much outward action has also been kind of abandoned in the process and the single pointed search for god begins from that point on tyag on the other hand here swami ji calls self surrender and krishna will explain to us what tyag before i go though interesting because i never really tuned into this chapter from this perspective some of you know that swami ji created the naya swami order it's a um it's what he called the renunciate order for the new age and a renunciation that doesn't focus so much on the things you have to let go but more on in the process as we were talking in the process of moving forward what are the natural things that are going to fall off and i want to keep my attention at the goal not so much at ye bhi chhodna padega oh no this also have to let go of that also have to let go of so it's not world negating as renunciation usually is kind of experienced as but it's what he called samadhi affirming 
But when he created this um, order, he created really two, I don't know if levels is the right word here, but just two stages, there, there you go. And one stage contained two different vows and then the second one was the that of sannyasa. So the first one is brahmachari or thyagi. It's interesting, I, uh, maybe he, this is where he really got that inspiration for, for that term. Excuse me, Brahmachari and Tyagi. And Brahmachari and Tyagi, Swami explained, are those who are walking now the path towards renunciation, aren't really fully able to yet renounce, that Brahmachari is doing that as an individual, singular, and so therefore celibacy plays a part in it, because if you have nobody else to kind of waste that life force on, Brahmacharya means to follow in the footsteps of Brahma. Now, Brahma is the creative force and that's what the sexual force is. It's the creative force. And so to flow with that creative ability of God, which means to be able to have absolute control over your creative experience. So that's Brahmachari. And then Tyagi, which is what Narayani and I have taken vows of, is the same as Brahmachari, but we happen to do it as a couple, which means a Tyagi has responsibilities to a certain degree, but won't have children or if has had children, the children have already left and are no longer the responsibility of the parents. And then in that particular case, also the two together are trying to single-pointedly, to the best of their ability, seek God. And then after that comes the Naya Swami, that stage of complete sannyas, that renunciation, when all forms are also let go of, even if you happen to be married, you no longer see particularly your wife as your own or your husband as your own and you just become only just souls completely looking to merge into bliss. But it's lovely that that particular term of Tyagi and then Sanyasi comes here. The Blessed Lord said, The wise understand renunciation to be the relinquishing of any action performed with personal desire. So renunciation from this perspective of sannyas is also the relinquishing of action. Mm. Anything that might have a hint of personal desire. So that's going to be big for us, like yeah. relinquish your relationships, relinquish your business, relinquish. And that's what sannyas is in our mind, right? You know, off into the forest, nothing, no attachments, you know, your little loincloth, <laughs> your little begging bowl, Nikal gaye. You know, nothing is needed because everything, any action done with a hint of personal desire, the renunciate. Now, we're here we're talking about the true sannyasi. We're not talking about, you know, those who, as Krishna will explain, those who just want to leave things because they're more a headache than anything. <laughs> Let's go out somewhere, you know, which most of us want to do with any little thing. Ah, oh, no, not this again, you know. Let me renounce this action completely. But not that, truly being able to do that. They also declare, and this is the wise, they also declare that it is not action itself which should be abandoned, but only that action which desires the fruits of action. So here is the distinction between sannyas and tyag. Sannyas is the relinquishing, the renouncing both of action and desire. 
tyag is the relinquishing only for the desire of the fruits of action. So, say for example, as a tyagi, we have responsibilities here, both as a family, then as the work that we're doing, perhaps that involves a lot of other people. And a tyagi doesn't have to be somebody who's like fully in an ashram or something. It could even just be somebody living a regular life because that's what karma has drawn us to. However, in your heart, there is this absolute deep desire to want to give your life to God. And you're able to, at least as a couple, do that. Both of you are able to move in that direction. But there's still responsibility. There's still lots of actions that require our involvement. So as a Thyagi, and this is the direction even Krishna will want us to start taking, the first practical step towards true sannyas is Thyag. To be able to perform all actions, and he's talked about this before as well, without the desire for the fruits of their actions. And let's see how that will play out in our lives. Because it's not an easy one either. Mm -hmm. Some philosophers, theoretical philosophers, Swamiji says here, claim that all work should be forsaken as being tainted. Again, these are those ki, you know, sab maya hai, yahan kuch kaam ka nahi hai. Everything must be just, everything's out, everything's useless, everything's binding, everything is not of God. And that's, you know, that one version of how sannyas is viewed. Others insist that worthwhile activities, at least, such as yagya, sacrifice, philanthropic works or charity, and various austerities should not be relinquished. So, Krishna is talking about these two um, kind of trains of thought or two schools of thought. One is chodo sabko and one is, oh, let's only do, you know, these few handful of things that are considered spiritual. Here now, therefore, from me, now Krishna says, ki, ye, ye log bol rahe. now you hear from me, O oh, best of the Bharatas Arjuna, for Tyag, which is non-attachment to the fruits of action, has been declared, O oh, lion among men, to be of three kinds. Can you guess what those three kinds are? <laughs> how, many, how many times have we gone with the power of three? Every chapter, power of three. Of course, Sattvic, Rajasic and Tamasic because everything in this universe has those three gunas. <clears throat> so you can take anything and say, these are of three kinds and shuru ho jauspe. The activity involved in yagya, sacrifice, philanthropic works and austerities. Now, I don't know if you remember, I hope you do. In just in our previous class, in the last chapter, Krishna went into the austerities of body, austerities of mind and austerities of speech. Do you remember we did Socrates' triple filter test of whether it's truthful, whether it's uh, good and whether it's beneficial and so on and so forth. And how to work with the body, the mind and our speech. And so here Krishna says, those ought certainly to be engaged in and should not be abandoned. For when performed with wisdom, they purify the heart. So Krishna is now first saying, ki bhai, sabse pehle, like people say, do these few things that would be considered. Now, of course, we talked about yagya doesn't mean sacrifice like havan kiya and you know mantras bol ke hum koi yagya kar rahe. We, we talked about how every action can become a yagya because what a yagya means is, Sacrifice, offering. When I offer myself into any action, 
it naturally becomes a yagya. When I am completely subconscious about my actions, bas kar rahe jo kar rahe, baithe jo baithna hai, kha rahe jo kha rahe, and I'm not thinking about. I mean, think about eating. Oh God, I just keep coming back to eating, <laughs> no know. matter what, no I'm matter what I do, I just come back like to that. eating. <laughs> but think about it for a moment. You know that this is the fire right here. No, even in our stomach. I mean, it's this fire. It's this acid. It's these enzymes, mm-hmm. and the food's really just an offering going into the body. So if I could just like kind of tune into that concept of eating as a yagya, it just becomes this really amazing, spiritually uplifting process, or it's just a yeah. So it really doesn't matter what you would otherwise call it. It's not the official ritualistic yagya that Krishna is talking about. Is that that consciousness with which we perform our duties? Is oh, I'm trying to offer myself. I'm trying to offer myself in anything. I'm trying to give myself to that activity fully. If I give myself to that activity, that becomes a sacrifice, an offering. So he's saying that should not be abandoned. Anything that becomes an offering, those actions that are offerings, those actions that are generous philanthropic charity, which means that go beyond serving just you as an individual, that kind of help open your heart, expand your sense of self by saying more people's happiness is a part of my own happiness and then of course the austerities which are the disciplines of body mind and speech these must happen because when performed with wisdom now here's the caveat mm-hmm. when performed with wisdom you can have a lot of people doing all of this you have a lot of people doing philanthropic works and you know hospitals and logon ko i hope they're doing it with the right attitude but you never really know you know it's just like you might just, they might just be waiting for it to come in the news printer and it's like, all right, done, mera kaam ho gaya. You know, I lifted myself in the eyes of man and that's what I really was doing this for. So when it's done at wisdom, then it purifies the heart and we need to purify our heart because yoga is chitta vritti nirod. Yoga is the neutralization of the chitta, which is in our heart. Those likes and dislikes, those biased feelings that say, ye sahi hai, ye galat hai. This I want, this I don't want, which divides the world into duality. Even these self-uplifting activities, however, ought to be performed without attachments to them or to their fruits. This, O Partha Arjuna, is my decided and final view. I love how Krishna says this. Bas, I have and this is it. This is how I want you to do this. He's no longer giving us, you know, thus far he's kind of giving us all this asa karo, asa karo, asa bhi kar sakte ho, asa bhi kar sakte ho, isko aso bhi dekho, wahan pe bhi dekho, ye nahi kar sakte ho, to ye karo. You know, he's really giving us a lot of room. He's been throwing around a lot of different options. Now, as he's come to the last, he knows, Ki Arjuna, I just have a few more minutes with you before the war is about to begin. So, let me just tell you, this is it. This is my absolute final view anything you do i want you to do it without any desire for the fruits of those actions with no attachment to what the result will be of that action Can you imagine how hard that really is in anything we do i mean we're always hoping i mean we only do it because of the results otherwise we just wouldn't do it at all 
and that's the difficulty of being tyagis now i'm starting to realize <laughs> wow swami when he said ki tyagi bano thoda he wasn't just saying ki wear white and you know <laughs> look good in this oh, this kurta fits me really well but there's a little bit more to it <clears throat> it is not laudable or right to abandon dutiful action to relinquish it when one is still in delusion is in fact considered tamasik so now he comes into those three things first it's important i don't know if you remember in the autobiography of a yogi this is one of shri yukteswar's really kind of poignant sayings in which he says as long as you breathe the free air of earth you are obligated to provide grateful service and this is like a key aspect for each of us none of us can abandon action sitting is an action doing nothing is an action because i'm breathing i'm thinking my heart is beating stuff is happening so shri yukteswar is saying as long as you breathe the free air of this world which is his subtle way of saying as long as you're not in breathlessness <laughs> which is what the yogis can be until you're not in that state of complete breathlessness where because what's our breath our breath is our transactional reality with the world we take from the world in our inhalation we give to the world in our exhalation and ye chal raha hai bas roz minute by minute this is going on this constant dual binding with the world give take give take give take over and over again so as long as this give and take process is happening even with just the breath shri yukteswar says we're obligated to provide grateful service which is in the crudest of terms means we're obligated to act then if you want to take it on the highest level he's saying then that action ought to be a grateful service and we'll talk about that in terms of course of sattva but that's a very important awareness we cannot abandon action anybody who thinks they can abandon action is deluding themselves and this is what arjuna is saying right here it is not right to abandon dutiful action to relinquish it when one is still in delusion is in fact considered tamasik now what does that mean sometimes people say oh you know if only i could i just want to leave everything and i want to go away but it's so obvious they've got work they've got a family they've got children and it's not like by leaving they were actually going to i mean so many people tell us that if only i didn't have the responsibilities i had no then i just give myself to god and whenever somebody says that to us we say you know what come to us for 2 3 yeah. days <laughs> or we, we will exchange yeah <laughs> we'll just put you here in our room we'll feed you we'll take care of you just stay inside you just meditate can they do that no they come here they, you know after like a few couple of hours they're like they want to hang out they want to do things they want to cuz we're not able really to give ourselves to god hence he's given us these other duties so being a father or a mother teaches me what true selflessness is because if i didn't have that child well i would just very easily be self-centered in the autobiography of a yogi when yogananda takes his sanyas when he takes his vows of becoming a swami what does shri yukteswar tell him by abandoning the responsibility for a small family you therefore must take up the responsibility of a larger family which means as a swami 
वॉजन लाइक कि अब सब छोड़ दिया बस मेरा कुछ नहीं नाओ इफ यू थिंक कि चार लोगों को में नहीं हो रहा था नाओ यू हैव टू डू इट विद हंड्रेड और टू हंड्रेड और थाउजेंड इन हिस पर्टिकुलर केस बट इफ यू कांट डू दैट एंड इफ यू आर नॉट गोइंग टू बी एबल टू डू दैट देन फर्स्ट डू इट हियर सो एज लॉन्ग इज वर इन दिल्यूजन एंड नॉट रेडी एबल टू ट्रूली अंडरस्टैंड वट रिनाउंसिएशन मीन्स इफ वी ट्राई टू लेट गो ऑफ एन एक्शन ड्यूटिफुल एक्शन doesn't mean like don't let go of the tv just because the tv is in front of you oh the tv is in front of me so it must be that god wants me to watch this television dutiful action which means it's obvious that there is a karmic relationship here that requires you are obligated the way shri yukteswar put it to provide grateful service so if somebody is in your orbit where there is a duty of a reality there you know i'm thinking when i was reading about this i was thinking about both of our lives but let me talk about mine just first you know there was just nothing binding us when either of us decided to college was happening read the autobiography instantly felt this is what i want to do there was no part neither of us have any expectation from any of our families whether our parents or our siblings that you know wow why aren't you more connected and when will you need to take care of us when this happens or that happens i mean there's just nothing that binds us and so when we think about oh i hope i didn't give something else up it just feels so natural to have been able to do that but then when you look at other people's lives you realize it's not as natural for them in fact it's going to be quite hard if they break away from the reality they are in and you see well that's what they need right now by giving up for narayani and me the duty for children for example we always feel <laughs> we've taken on a duty for a much larger family indeed because a lot of people now live with us and a lot of people i mean we feel responsible towards and our lives do not function unless we're thinking about them unless we're considering their realities in ours we don't make any decisions anymore that's just like this is what we want to do no what what do everybody else also need and that's the reality of what it means to be in a family that's the duty of somebody who says i have responsibilities and then you can take that on any level as a boss as a parent as a friend as a spouse i mean it really doesn't matter the relationships not so important what's important is what duty what purpose does that duty serve and when it serves a purpose and then you try to renounce it that automatically automatically makes that renunciation tamasic which means that act will draw your energy further into entanglement and maya and not away from it <clears throat> one who gives up a duty and this is perhaps a little more common because he finds it difficult <laughs> or because he fears it will call him pain relinquishes that action with rajasic consequences for he is motivated by desire and attachment he will never attain any reward from such renunciation so tamasic is like drawing you in rajasic may that renunciation doesn't benefit you in any way in fact what it does is it holds you where you are what which what that means is you don't get to grow from that renunciation but it also means that then you come back to it in some other form uh one of the monks in yogananda's ashram norman i think mm -hmm. no he was he, uh, he was a monk with swami ji back in the early days and he had this really 
kind of intense karma with one of the other monks and it got to such a place where the guy just couldn't take it anymore and you know he says i can't handle this it's really disharmonious and i'm just i'm just going to leave you know so he kind of tried to get away from whatever that was and he said a couple of years or months later when he came visiting he was telling swamiji he says remember that issue i had with that other monk he's like well now in the place that i work there are six other such guys there so he didn't get any benefit he didn't like i renounce this disharmony because what was the intention behind it i don't want to go through this pain and suffering i don't want to go through this bother you know it's too much for me and let me just leave rather than being here and finding the strength to overcome disharmony he chose hey i mean from one perspective we'd say oh right great you know yeah better to renounce disharmony but what was his true intention was to run away from a situation one would be where you've tried absolutely everything to uplift and then you decide okay but stay hold your ground you don't have to run away strengthen your own self but in that particular case six more of the very same karmic entanglements found their way into his life and that's the rajasic kind of thing you don't accrue any benefit plus you've got to deal with it in another way you know so if narayani and i were abandoning something we now have to deal with it here anything we abandoned in that previous life well <laughs> welcome <laughs> to ananda mumbai because yeah. it finds you that's the beauty of karma <laughs> or should i say that's the curse of karma <laughs> you can change whatever address you want you can hide in whichever cave you want it knows where you are that's the beauty of karma <laughs> it's the beauty of karma thank god for that cuz otherwise we just kind of sit around and do not do much now would we <laughs> so and then o arjuna one who renounces in a satvik way performs dutiful action solely because it ought to be done forsaking both attachment to it and the desire for its fruit and that's the satvik renunciation to be able to do and perform dutiful action solely because it ought to be done now we have to be mindful over here i've seen a lot of people who do things i'm just doing this because it has to be done but you can see in their attitude that you know they're not happy about it at all they're doing it how many of us go to work every day only because we have to go to work but we're not doing it out of duty we're doing it out of fear we're doing it out of other people perhaps expecting out of pure necessity so remember in our previous chapters what the qualities of sattva were what were they even mindedness cheerful kind sometimes when we do duties that we oh, i'm only doing it because i ought to do it that's when we're the sharpest <laughs> that's when we are easily rude because we're just doing this duty because we ought to do it even minded cheerful kind with self control purity of heart and in meditative communion with the true self this is what krishna just explained to us in the previous chapter this is what satvik austerity looks like when you perform any action with these qualities it becomes satvik when you are even minded cheerful kind when you have self control when there is purity of your heart because that's the only way you won't have any attachment any expectation from the action that you are performing and with a meditative inner communion with self 
as the only way we can really withdraw. See, detachment is not just a mental term. It's actually a physical, energetic detachment where we withdraw our life force. And that's why meditation is such a key aspect of all, you know, yogic realities. You have to withdraw the life force into your spine so that that entanglement doesn't take place. Even while you're performing it, none of your life force is going and binding itself around that action and especially to the fruit or the result of that action. So that's a key aspect to be aware of. If you are performing any action saying, this is my duty, these are my, this is my family, this is my duty to do it, but duty types. Even-minded, cheerful, kind, kind. <laughs> I love how he just throws kind in there. Like, you know, it's like such a big thing because it in fact is such a big thing. Oftentimes we're the least kind when we have to do things that we're just doing because we ought to. One who is wise in his renunciation is ever calm in himself and is never doubtful. He has no aversion to unpleasant actions, nor is he attached to pleasant ones. I see this more like a test. Yeah. You know, one who is wise in his renunciation. How do you know that you've wisely opted for an actual state of renunciation? This is how. One, you'll be ever calm, that even-minded and cheerful, that calmness in yourself. Otherwise, there's a little restlessness always. I mean, how many times have I, you know, I'm going to fast today. I'm going to renounce food today. I'm back to food. <laughs> you, I don't know, you know, it just comes out. Um, but somewhere in the, you don't need, but you think. So you're just like, you're just like, and then the other, and is never doubtful. Did I make the right choice? Oh no, today, Bara was telling this thing that every time he would fast, you know, something when we used to live in the community, that's the day something special was going to be made. And that's just how the, this Maya tests you, you know, and then that, that's not renunciation at all. Abstinence from sex, if you're just thinking about it all the time, that's not renunciation at all. You know, today we've got a more technical term for it and it's called FOMO, you know, fear mm -hmm. of missing out. So people are like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to be in silence today. And then they suddenly you're like, did I make the right decision of being in silence? And after half an hour, oh, you're back and you want to talk. Because that's it. That's not renunciation. And then doubt starts setting in. Have I made the right choice or not? Mm -hmm. You know, when I, when we were both monks and nuns and then this whole attraction was starting, like when Narayani and I were kind of at least contemplating like, oh goodness, is this potential that we're going to be together? And at that time it was like, is this just attraction? Is this, you know, Maya playing its cruel tricks on us? And you have to run through that whole process until that calmness sets in, until every doubt disappears. Then you know what true renunciation is because sometimes you've got to renounce your false oh, renunciation yes. in order to do what's mm -hmm. going to in fact take more energy from us. Boy, were we happier from a kind of a lower level of, uh, you know, less responsibility i would say or i think narayani has always been a lot more self-motivated but i can't say the same for myself boy i was way happier because i didn't have that much on my plate being by myself here i'm a young monk you know and then brahmacharis and monks just naturally people think what spiritual you know it's like just because he's a brahmachari he must have something special which is not true at all 
or I mean some do some are in fact beautiful and spiritual and very strong but I was not one of them but here you are people just naturally assume you have made it you've arrived and nobody expects that much of you and you can just float around and just be spiritual but here it's like our relationship had to break all of that out of me and I had to put so much more energy than I was putting before so what was renunciation boom you know in today's analysis there's much more of myself I have to renounce in our relationship than perhaps I was renouncing as a renunciate. So that's, these are things that we have to be really aware mm -hmm. of. You know, these outward forms don't cut it anymore. That's what Krishna is really trying to say. Bahar bahar se to koi kuch bhi kar sakta hai. And that just doesn't do it. What's going on inside you? What's your intention? What's the vibration? And as we said in the last class, it's not about fooling others. You can get away with fooling whoever you want to fool. But you can't fool the universe. You can't fool karma. You can't fool God. So you're just going to be stuck. You're just going to be pretending and you're going to be stuck. What do you You won't progress at all. So better to be really honest, really open, really aware and say, wait a minute, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. Let me change gears, let me shift. Even if others realize that I was wrong, I mean, it wasn't an easy thing for us also to just say, oh, you know, these guys, they took this, the vows and now they're breaking it. And I mean, a lot of people would have thought like, we're falling, <laughs> you know, like we made a mistake or something. And from the external reality, it could very much look like that. But from how it felt inside and from the shift that our lives have had since, the growth that I have had at least since, it's very obvious that it was the right choice, that it was the right form of renunciation that we choose in this particular expression. It is not possible for an embodied being to abstain from action altogether. Tyag or self-surrender is possible, however, by relinquishing the fruits of action. So here's where Krishna comes down back. We cannot be renunciates until we've achieved breathlessness, as Sri Yukteswar established. So let's not try to focus too much on the external, the actions that I'm renouncing and the, you know, things outwardly that I'm not doing. Instead, better for us to be focusing on relinquishing the fruits of action. Perform the actions that you have to perform. Go to work every day. Be the husband, wife, friend, brother, mother, whatever, cha-cha. You know, be the stranger on the train, be whoever you need to be, but see if you're able to do absolutely everything, including, and this is where the Hongso practice comes, including breathing. That's what the Hongso practice is, to breathe without any attachment to the breath. I mean, that's such a beautiful state to want to exist in. Where are we in time? <clears throat> We should, we're going to have to end just and a few yeah, minutes today, early yeah, today yeah. because we have another program at 8.30 sharp. Um, should we go into the last or let it be? Whatever you feel. <clears throat> Let's just look at this. The fruits of action for those who are attached to them. Let's raise our hands if we're attached to our mm -hmm. fruits. Are threefold. Pleasant, unpleasant and mixed. Oh, wow, this is a very good point. So I will probably pick it up again in the last one. They accrue after death in the astral world or in the next incarnation to those who have not renounced them. 
For the self-surrendered, however, they do not accrue to oneself. So Krishna is here talking about how karma works. The fruits of action are threefold, pleasant, unpleasant, mixed. Whatever, if any of these three are active in this place, as long as there is an attachment to that fruit, and there will be an attachment if these three are being experienced, then that is the karma that accrues. That's what stays with us. Not so much the act, but the result of the action, the pleasure we felt. If we felt pleasure, you know, remember how duality works? Pain becomes a natural byproduct of it. If we find unpleasantness, that'll also be balanced out with great pleasure. So that's why tapasya is such a wonderful thing. Every time you put yourself willingly in a slightly uncomfortable position and push yourself through it, that means you're accruing like brownie points for like an amazing... Swamiji would sometimes say when he would go to Hawaii for a vacation, he's like, this is when people <laughs> want to take an incarnation off entirely. This is where they come. After having accrued so much tapasya in their lives, they said, they're saving all that tapasya up for one incarnation in Hawaii or wherever that may be. For Narayani, it's probably Maldives. Yeah, number one. <laughs> so, we'll talk about, I, I really don't want to go into it because it's a whole other, just on how that accrues, what the pleasant, you know, we'll give examples. I'll try to think of examples other than food, about pleasant, <laughs> unpleasant and mixed. Mm, yeah, I just have to really rack my rambles. Think like beyond so, food. So deep in the subconscious <laughs> mind. Like. like, let me give an example. Food. Before I try a different word, just doesn't come out no matter how hard I try. It's a harmless one. I hope so. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, Swamiji had a deep connection, let's say, to food as well. So I always look at him as my role model here. And when he was a young monk and he said to, Swami, to his guru, to Yoganandaji, yeah. he said, you know, Master, how do I overcome my desire for good food? And Master said, ah, when ecstasy comes, everything goes so he's like don't worry about some of these little things focus on ecstasy so we don't need to i don't need to worry too much about food right no, you shouldn't. but there are other things we do need to worry a little bit about and hopefully i'll think of a good example for our next class in the meantime let's see if narayani has picked up <coughs> on one or two thoughts well we have spoken a lot about the importance of seva service and the fruits of our actions and the motivations behind our actions. Paramahansa Yogananda said that no one can become free unless he helps another six people or six souls. Meaning that you need to help six other people to evolve spiritually as well because that action is part of your own freedom. I mean, it's just almost like a rule. If you want to be free in this lifetime or in the next, you need to help others. This is how it works. This is how the masters are always doing. So I was thinking, if you and I really are seriously working towards freedom, I need to make sure I'm helping people. And not just only those people that I like, I feel comfortable with when it is easier, or those that I see daily. Perhaps the challenge 
for this week can be this. Yogananda said, we need to help six other people, but I want to raise the bar a little bit more. And what about if every day we make sure to help minimum 10 people? In whatever capacity you can, perhaps stranger, to help someone to open the door so the other person can go first, perhaps <clears throat> helping someone to carry heavy bags, or perhaps doing something for somebody else, or perhaps uh, clean the house. I don't know what that might be, but make sure that every day you serve joyfully, kindly, without attachment, without any motivation behind your actions, just for the joy of helping someone. And it will be even more powerful if that person you are helping you don't know anything about them. So see how those 10 people that you will come across tomorrow you can help with. I mean, this is how the masters work. They are constantly, every second, helping thousands, billions of souls, constantly. So I think <laughs> we can manage to help at least 10. So start scanning throughout your life. I mean, those people, those family members, those colleagues, uh, perhaps, you know, an announcement that you see, you know, scrolling through Instagram, <coughs> someone that needs help, someone that needs support, perhaps an animal shelter, perhaps cook something for somebody else, perhaps, I don't know, be creative in how you can serve more kindly, more openly, more lovingly, and make of this the purpose of this week. For seven days, I'm going to live just to serve others, which means to forget about myself for a little while. And then I will come back to myself in seven days, and let's see how it feels to help and serve others so unselflessly hey, because there is a power in that and it's not enough to talk about it as you know Krishna says there are some people who like to philosophically discuss about these topics so let's start becoming a living example of Krishna's teachings and become each one of us Arjuna first by winning the smaller battles, which is this, as simple as helping sometimes perfectly strangers. And then bit by bit, we will see how by <coughs> simple acts, there is a power that keeps freeing us from delusion, from ignorance, and above all, from selfishness. selfishness. Oh.